Welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. It's two weeks in a row, and you're here still. I'm, I'm glad. That, that... <laughs> well, the contract money came in. Wait. Hang on. Ooh. I think I brought this uh... up when Keith was on. I'm not getting paid, so if you guys are getting paid, um, share the wealth. Um, is that a rabbit over there? Squirrel! Look at that. Is that a squirrel? So, um, no, there's no money here. We do this out of the kind of heart because we love the Communicore cadets. We love them. Are you are you lying? No. Are you, are you doing it for lie? money? Why would I lie? No. Is, is this an intervention against me? No, no, never. Not at all. Not somebody moving to California. Oh, okay. To, to enjoy the high life. And the highlights for children. Either I, way. You know what I never understood? No. Goofus and Goliath. It's like you. It's like the two of us. Yeah, but I always felt really bad for that Goofus kid. That was his name, right? Yeah, Goofus. Well, he just never learned. You think? You think after all these years, he would have learned his lesson if he would have just paid attention to Gallant or Gallant or whatever his name is. I, don't I guess know. Gallant. Anyway, might, what I'm but... basically saying is Disney should acquire the rights and make a movie. Two highlights for children. Oh, to Goofus and Gallant. Yeah. Ooh, I would I watch that movie. Marvel might own those. R- really. Hey, I have to look into that. Okay, guys, we're going to check into this. We'll, we'll be right back. It's time for Disney History. So a few weeks ago when uh, when Keith was guesting on the show, we were talking... Keith? Uh, Keith who? Exactly. Um, <laughs> we, were, we were talking about Jose Carioca and how he came to be in the film uh, Sal- films Salados Amigos and The Three Caballeros, which came out of Walt Disney's goodwill trip to South America. Now, the US, again, the U.S. government hoped Walt could help stem the rising tide of Nazism that was in the area during World War II, so they commissioned him along with 16 of his animators and artists and writers to visit um, some South American countries on their behalf. And the idea was to include South American themes in upcoming films to kind of help steer those countries away from the Axis powers. So when Saludos Amigos premiered in 1943, it, it did well in the U.S. and in Latin America, especially, of course, in those countries that were showcased in the film, which makes sense. However, some South American countries complained that they weren't represented at all. Well, now. Uh, the complaints led to the release of 1945's The Three Caballeros, which featured some countries that weren't included in the original film, but still were there were complaints, especially from Cuba. And I guess the... Grand Fiesta tour didn't make them any happier. I guess not. Anyway, just before I go on, really quick, I realized that I said it was released in 1994 when we talked about the Three Caballeros a few weeks ago. I apologize. I meant 1944. That's when I had its like world premiere in in South America. It actually came out in 1945 in the USA. But <laughs> my bad, well, guys. Sure maybe somebody watched it for the first time on, uh, in 1994. Uh, I'm sure there's someone out there saw it for the first time yes. in 1994. That's yes. what I meant. So Good. you, person, who are listening right now, who saw it in 1994, I was talking about you. 
Anyway, so back back it then back then many people forget that Cuba was still a very popular tourist destination, and it wouldn't be until the 1960s that the embargo would choke tourism and we wouldn't be allowed to go there anymore.、Mm. But during the 1940s, our relations with Cuba were really good.、Um, in fact. Most of the、uh, Cuban industry and land were owned by United States interests, and many locally popular nightclubs and casinos were allegedly under control of mobsters from the United States.、Um, so, with these really strong ties to the U.S., Cuba had every right to voice their opinion about not being represented in either of Walt's films. So, Disney considered a third compilation film, tentatively titled "Cuban Carnival." Ooh. So another lesser-known research trip was had in 1944,、uh, focusing specifically on Cuba. While the 1941 trip to South America, documented in the fantastic film *Walt in El Grupo*,、uh, was for a much larger, longer period of time, this short jaunt to Cuba lasted only from September to October. Traveling、uh, this time was a much smaller group, including Norm Ferguson, Chuck Walcott, Bill Cottrell. Um, all three of whom had been on the previous trip, and newcomers such as artist Fred Moore and writer Homer Brightman. Now, after the trip, <clears throat> Cuban Carnival really began to take shape. Disney wanted the new film, like the previous films, to feature a new bird character that would represent the country. So, the popular opinion was that a Guadrero. Guys, <laughs> totally saying that wrong. I un- I understand that. If you're Cuban, or you know, it, correct me because I know I'm wrong. But the guajero was another name for a rooster that's often used in cockfights, and the Cubans suggested that the character be、uh, Kiki Gua. Again, totally say that wrong. I understand. Which <laughs> it's it's the same as a a brave rooster, except、um, they're generally smaller and they consider themselves to be tough, but in reality they're they're really not. They're like scrawny little things.、Mm. Um, That was also a name that was used as an insult in heated arguments against,、uh, you know, between Cubans. I guess they don't have to worry about us insulting each other with that term. No, because I will never be able to pronounce、We、it. Can't、again. pronounce it.、Uh, anyway, so、uh, this may seem like an odd choice for the inspiration behind the character that was supposed to bolster goodwill between the U.S. and Cuba, but it was decided that Disney's magic touch would make the character lovable. Of course,、uh, Fred Moore. Was assigned the task of creating this new caballero, in the hope that his previous work on the Three Little Pigs and his redesign of Mickey Mouse would help bring to life the battling bird.、Uh, the new character never had an official name, though Norm Ferguson was partial to calling him Miguelito Maracas. Ooh, very nice, very nice. I tried. Hey. Now Moore drew some sketches, but nothing was ever really finalized.、Uh, in fact, along with Moore's drawings and the brief story concepts that were developed for the new film, you know, nothing was really set in stone. There was one sequence that supposedly would have had Donald and Jose becoming friends with this fourth addition to their team when they paid him a visit at the plantation that he owned,、um, and from there, the Cuban bird would have taken his new friends on a tour of Cuba. So Mary Blair. Who took her own personal research trip to Cuba before this new ar- new incarnation of El Grupo? Did some storyboard sketches of carnival scenes,、uh, including cockfights, carnival celebrations, tobacco leaves that roll themselves into cigars, and Jose dancing with a line of cigars. However, none of these things ever came to fruition. Now, 
The end of the war opened up new foreign market markets for Disney films, allowing them to really expand their horizons. And the Goodwill program, no longer needed after the war ended, was defunded and closed its doors. Um, that and the fact that the Three Caballeros had lost uh, a bit of money, that they're contributing factors as to why the Cuban carnival was never actually produced. So for now, we are left with nothing but a few brief pieces of concept art to show for the film. But who knows? Much like the other unproduced sequels, perhaps his fourth Cuban Caballero will make his appearance one day and take his place amongst his three other fine-feathered friends. Wishful thinking? Yes. But I'm on board with this idea. Let's, let's yeah. make this happen. Should we do a petition? No. You know what we should do? We should do a Kickstarter because it worked for Veronica Mars. It totally worked for this. So let's get on that. Okay. Sounds good. He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week. Window on Main Street, 35 Years of Creating Happiness at Disneyland Park by Van Arsdale, France, published in 1991 with 191, 129 pages. Excuse me. Uh, Van Arsdale, France, Disney legend, member of the pre-opening cast at Disneyland, has a window on Main Street at Disneyland hence the book title. The window was originally installed above the former tobacco shop, and currently it's above the empty spot between the magic shop and Great American Pastimes. Van was at the opening of Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and Tokyo Disneyland, and he was responsible for the overall development of the training programs and is considered the founder and professor emeritus of the Disney University. So as he recounts in the book, um, Van actually hired Dick Nunes as a gopher back in 1955, and years later, Dick would be the president of Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and when Van returned to the company uh, as Dick's staff assistant, a professional gopher, you know, he always said, lesson learned was always be nice to your staff, because you never know when they might be your boss. Uh, sadly, Van passed away in California in 1999. Uh, Van, in this book, recounts his long and storied career with Disney. The work is full of anecdotes that are told chronologically, from meeting Walt the first time to the introduction of Eisner and Wells. The book is presented as a bio biography, but it's really more of a collection of anecdotes. And as, as Van states himself, he tried to publish this book in the 70s, only to find himself heavily involved in the opening of Walt Disney World and Tokyo Disneyland. Uh, he revisited the idea in 85 again, uh, but finally with Dick Nunes' approval and Disneyland's 35th anniversary approaching, he dusted it off and reworked the old dust cover book. Most of the story um, is at Disneyland. In the beginning, he was hired to create Disneyland's first employee training session. And the very first session itself was attended by Roy Disney the vice and the vice president of the Bank of America and several major executives of Disneyland sponsors. Yeah, talk about high pressure. Yikes. So in that first session, Van and Dick created the training, the manual, and all the visual aids on a shoestring budget. And their theme was, we'll create happiness. Which is sort of our theme. We we do create happiness. I mean, not like they happiness. do, but you know, we create happiness. No, not that thing. Well, we try anyway. So uh, for the rest of the book, uh, Van recounts the major points in Disneyland's history and his opinion and thoughts on the events, which were really fantastic. And there was a two-year period when Van left Disney and worked with C.V. Wood on the Pleasure Island Park in Massachusetts and the Freedomland Park in New York. After that hiatus, Van was rehired by Dick at Disneyland which I think shows you how incredible Van was. Because once people left the organization, they usually didn't get hired back. I just think it's funny that his 
gopher that he hired originally was the one that hired him back. I think it's fantastic. Hey, so there's always hope for all of us. So, um, you know, they, they, they began the Disneyland University, was officially begun when he returned, and we'd see many of the changes throughout the years, but the basic philosophy would remain the same. And my favorite parts of the book were the stories about Roy. You get the feeling that Roy truly loved Walt and did everything in his power to make all of Walt's dreams successful. And Van never saw himself on the creative side and always felt more of an affinity for Roy and Dick Nunes. And it's obviously these two men were thought highly by Van. Um, as, as ending up this thing, I'd really like to thank Van posthumously. If he hadn't decided to keep his diary, there would be a lot of lost stories. And this book is a great collection of stories. And, you know, if there are any Disney legends and cast members listening, you know, if they want to contact us about putting down their stories, we'd love to hear them. Um, <laughs> but the bottom line, this book is fun. It's a great look back at one man's long career with Disney, but it's not for everyone. Uh, I'd recommend this work for the Disney enthusiast who wants to learn more about what it was like working in the organization and seeing how it grew. The anecdotes are charming, and you get a good, get a good sense of how Disney grew and evolved over the years. And the title is Window on Main Street, 35 Years of Creating Happiness at Disneyland by Van Arsdale, France. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. It's a debate. Who's gonna win it? So... There was semi-big news uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that's that uh, Disney is considering a remake of the film that George and I enjoy quite a bit, uh, Mm -hmm. Pete's Dragon. And at this point in time, we don't really know a whole heck of a lot about what's going to happen with it. We don't know for sure if it's going to be a remake or reimagining or even a continuation of the story. Um... We do know that it's not going to be a musical, so that's a little upsetting. But yeah. it's, I don't know, it's its interesting why they would choose this film when it's not one of the the biggest moneymakers in the Disney catalog. So there, there must have been a really intriguing pitch behind it for them to uh, consider this and have this news break. So... Let's. I don't know. What, what do you What do you think about this, George? <laughs> well, when when we when we were talking about it, I was sort of shocked because, you know, we love Peach Dragon because it's charming. Yeah, we've talked about it multiple times, almost as much as we've talked about Jose Carioca, on the show. Yeah. But it's it's a great character, and, and you just sort of wonder why are they doing it? Do they want to bring Elliot back into the parks, for some reason? I mean, they're not making it a musical, and you know, granted, we know musicals have sort of gone the way of the dodo bird with the public. It's not as popular as it was with The Lion King and Beauty and the Beast, and a lot of the things in the '50s and '60s. But still, it's such a—it's a great film itself. And if they remake it, is it going to be just that Elliot gets another kid that's in trouble? I guess this time it would have to be a girl, you know. Well, I mean, are you talking about a, a remake like or, the, well, or a continuation? I, I, because, I mean, it really could go either way at, yeah. at, at this point. And I'm kind of, you know, if they were to do this, I would prefer them not to do a remake because I would like that story to stay. Um, I would like them to do a, I guess, a continuation where Elliot is now pals with somebody, some other down on their luck kid and helps them mm-hmm. get out of a situation. And, you know, maybe Pete, pops up at some point at the end of the story Uh 
A much older Pete. A much, much older Pete. My Maybe only Pete. downside would be, I, I think they would do Elliot in CGI, and I don't, I, I don't like that idea. Well, you know they would. You know they would. Uh, just because of the money involved and Pixar's involvement. I mean, you would, you would like to think that they've really learned a lot. Um, over the past couple of years you with think sequels. they would learn not to remake stuff but apparently not apparently not yeah not this point in time it's just such an odd film I mean if you've watched the film you've pretty much you probably fell in love with it because it's such it's as we mentioned it's charming it's got a great storyline really great songs and it, some fantastic dancing scenes with kegs of beer and an early foam party and and foam rave doc terminus i mean <laughs> and doc terminus exactly <laughs> how can you make a peach dragon movie without doc terminus johnny I mean, depp uh no <laughs> no granted i like johnny depp all right i'll give you that but no somebody somebody wrote on the community core weekly facebook when we posted about it i'll watch it if jeff is jo doc terminus <laughs> okay i'll accept that responsibility disney i'm waiting for your call yeah, but you'll even do it for what half scale? I'll do it for half scale, exactly for so Munchkin scale, for Munchkin scale. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like that they're they're still looking at that, but I wonder what else they could do with it, or, or how they could make it. Because if it's a reimagining and they go after another child in need or another child that needs help, how are you going to? Oh, I don't know. I just kind of read it and I kind of rolled my eyes and said. No good can come from this. Yeah. I mean, no granted, we really can't comment on it too much because we don't know a lot about it at this point. Not a lot of information has come out. But um, I think we're both pretty much in agreement that we think a remake is a terrible idea. Yeah. Unless it's, what, Elliot on Horizon? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe I can go for that. I mean, maybe they're just trying to keep uh, the Main Street Electrical par Parade relevant and having the, the Elliot uh, float you know, recognizable to people in the parks, just in case I don't know what it is. That's the only explanation I can think of. I don't, I don't really know guys, but I don't know if, if there, if there's a dragon in need of reimagining, eh, uh, uh, spend your money on figment. Just saying, exactly. just saying, or the flying mommy blogger dragon or, or that dragon, bring that guy out. I'd love to see if that turns out to be Elliot. I swear to you, I will never go to Walt Disney World ever again. <laughs> I am done. <laughs> and I guess it's been recorded. It, that is on MP3 digital form. Hold me to that, guys. Wow, scary. scary. Very scary. So, no go on the remake. M maybe a meh on the reimagining re continuation. Yeah, I'm not excited about it. Love the original film. Let's leave it. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. So the next time you're at a Disney Hollywood Studios and you're standing in front of the Great American Movie Ride, take a look down because, you know, just like the Chinese theater in Los Angeles, all, a lot of celebrities have their names and handprints in the cement. So take a gander for Charlton Heston's name because when he was there writing his name, he was distracted, and then, then he apparently forgot how to spell his own name. So Charlton Heston spelled his name, but without the letter L in it. So it's wow. Charl Charlton. 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 Charlton Heston. Heston. Sure, Charlton. He Charlton Heston. He was probably distracted by those apes. Those. Those apes. Those apes. Which we know we can say the whole thing, but we're yeah. trying to be family-friendly. We're, we're family-friendly. Show. Mostly. Sort of. Mostly. Mostly. Anyway, but yeah, check it out. He spelled his name wrong.
Well, thank you so much for watching and listening to the show. Yeah, be sure to leave us a comment and rate us on the iTunes. Yeah, we love the ratings, good ratings too, please. Um, email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com with any questions, concerns, or pronunciation guides. Mostly pronunciation guides. Yes, because mostly. We clearly need that, especially me. Um, you can also like us on the Facebook at facebook.com slash communicorweekly or go to communicorweekly.com and you can buy some cool stuff from our store. Ooh, just saying. True. Just including, saying. Including some music. Music and t-shirts. Music and t-shirts. Doesn't get much better yeah. than that, guys. But not musical t-shirts. Are we, Don't we have the scientists working on musical t-shirts? We, we have the technology. We're trying to make it happen. Trying to make it happen. So anyways, you can, uh, in, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Imagine Nerding, and he's at Jeff Heimbuck. For Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. Splashy.